Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. Uh, hopefully staying dry up there, Dan. How are you? Yeah, look, I'm doing my best. Uh, it's been a bit wild for uh, for the last few days. Uh, r- reminiscent of the British wet weather recently. Yeah, um, yeah. A bit of wild, a few wild storms over there as well. Um, I was going to say, it's very weird to have the same weather situation here mm. as the UK at the moment. So, yeah, normally it's cold normal. there and very, very hot here. But... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, um, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, but we um do do my best. Uh, I think it's almost all seems to have all pretty much settled down. Um, and it was very bearable. Uh, with a you know good result on the weekend. Absolutely, great result on the weekend. Three uh, 0 win over Peterborough. The old enemy, Grant McCann, back. Well, I guess journeying to Peterborough for this game. Um. Yeah, I mean, pretty much the perfect result. Um, not many changes to the side. I think it was really just Smith up top coming in for force. Ingram back starting in goal. Um, Slater moving to right wing back. So we did switch to a 3-5-2. I think it was Jones that came in as well um, into that back three. Um, in a really sort of interesting role for Slater, not one that we've really seen before, but but one that he seemed to do really well in, I thought. Um, what, what were your thoughts on the early stages of the game? We were sort of talking... Um, at the start of the game, we were a bit concerned. There was a few long balls going up to Smith. We were looking a bit the same as we were against Barnsley. What were your sort of initial impressions? Look, I think the opening was a bit... Uh, the first I don't know, five or ten minutes was a, probably a bit lackluster from both from both sides. I guess trying to like feel themselves in, desperate to maybe just jag an early goal with a bit of luck and a bit of fortune and then set themselves up for the, for the rest of the game um, where it seemed to just be... Yeah, that long ball up top and hope for the best and try and try and make something happen. But I think what was good was that we settled into that, then into a, into the actual game a lot better than 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 Peterborough did. Obviously, that was then helped along by uh, the first goal, pretty which was reasonably early. What was it about twenty? Yeah, but I think it was about twenty minutes. Yeah, it was yeah. it was Fleming into Smith, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a nice little. Um, at first, I thought it was a header, and I was like, "Oh, the smallest bloke on the pitch has got another header." But then, no, it was um, it was all very quick. But no, it was a little, it just looked like the way he was ducking as he moved towards the near post. But no, it was um, it was a good goal, and I think like one really good for him. He's he's got one in the league now, as 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 well as his his good goal in the cup. But um, I think he just he showed a lot more. Not uh, it's hard, hard to explain without like slagging force. Because I, I haven't been a big <laughs> a fan energy. of him. Yeah, yeah. Look, I haven't, active, big, yeah. I haven't been a big fan of Force, but I, you know, he has also only just come into the squad and the team. And there's, you know, rumors about, you know, the the loan agreement has stipulations about matches played and all that sort of nonsense. And if that's the case, then that, you know, maybe that's why he's starting, but or was now he's injured for a little while. But I think Smith came in and, and really just showed how you know, showed that, that hunger and desire that has sort of been lacking from anyone apart from probably Eves over the last couple of months in that forward mm. position. Um, I think, I still think he lacks that little bit of uh, the physicality that someone like Tommy's would give us where he can actually 
bring other players into the game a little bit more. Um, but, you know, good endeavour, good energy, you know, um, and, and you know, scored a goal, which set us on our way um, to, to a good victory. Yeah, and I think I think you're right there that, I mean, probably the one thing he's lacking is that physicality. And so I would be really curious to see when Eves is fit, probably Eves rather than Force, because I think Eves is also a bit more physical than I, Force I think even. He's just about back. I think yeah. There's so quite I think a few he's... that are back for um, the West Brom game. Yeah, so I'd love to see... Uh, I mean, like, it's a, it's an interesting one because then I don't know where you'd play Lewis Potter if you put Eves up top with Smith because um, you, you basically then you're choosing between Lewis Potter and Fleming, which seems a tough one. But I, I guess I'd love to see Smith with a more physical forward like an Eves who can hold the ball up, play him through because I think from memory, didn't did they start together against Everton or did Eves come on in that game? Uh, no, I think they started no, together. They started. Yeah. They, both, yeah, they yeah, started yeah. together because... And they were brilliant. Yeah. Like that was what that was Eves's best game for the club, probably, and and Smith's one of Smith's best games for the club as well, and and then we've never really tried that again, which is sort of puzzling. So, I'd love to see that. I don't know what that means for for Lewis Potter though, but um, who, who was probably the other standout in the game with with his two goals as well. I mean that 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 first goal from him almost broke the net. Um, we were sort of talking about how nervous we were that at one nil anything can really happen. You get a dodgy penalty for Posh or something like that all of a sudden it's a different game. So to get that second to really settle the nerves was uh, was pretty brilliant from him. Yeah, look, I think he had um, one of his, and not to say he's been poor recently, but probably one of his better games over the last mm. say, month or so. I think he was quite influential, influential, got on the ball and was, and was going at players and, you know, shooting and taking him on and, and, you know, keeping them guessing. Whereas as other games he's been, I don't know whether he's been kept a little bit quieter or he's just been a little bit quieter, but he seemed to be back to, um, back to his best, I suppose. Um, I saw, I saw, game, the, which was... I saw the suggestion that maybe Grant had over scouted us in the sense that he, he knows all about us. He probably told the posh players, Lewis Potter is their best player. Um, and basically, instilled the, the you know the fear of god into mm. the posh players about lois potter and so they kind of uh i don't know maybe they paid him too much respect and so that actually probably played into his hands i don't know but it seemed yeah, to work look, yeah it's an interesting one i i was intrigued to see how that would go with you know mccann obviously having just signed for Peter. obviously didn't have much time with him i think it could have been pretty different had he you know if that was his, you know, third or fourth game in, and he'd had a little bit of time to work with them and train with them, and they sort of got what he was, um, you know, understood what he wanted from them a bit more. But it's hard. I think that sort of that first game, the same with when Shotter came in for us, is they sort of you just sort of doing what you're already doing, and we, you know, were lucky enough to be going okay and picked up that win against Swansea, and then you know, we thought we we're going to carry on the run, but yeah, as you know then Shutter got his like hands essentially into the team and started working, you know, changing those tactics or, or, you know, making those adjustments that he thought were necessary. Then it took a little while for the players to understand again, what, what was expected. And I think the same thing will happen at, at Peterborough. I think like, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about them. I don't think there's, I don't think there's enough time to, for him to save them this year. I, but um, I, I can't see why he couldn't, if he can, you know, keep that squad or, or, or whatever and replicate what he did with us. I mean, yeah, which I assume is the they have idea. A, they still have a good, like a decent squad if they can keep that together for for, for next season. But yeah, um, look, hopefully, we don't have to play them next year. Yeah. 
that's all I think. We don't, we hopefully we don't play him next year. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, I think that's probably why he's been brought in there. I think it's more with a view of getting them promoted from League One and then maybe building on that. Whereas I think they've probably given up on this season. Um, I guess, I guess on us as well, Honeyman came off at halftime. Um, I think it was, was it Walsh that came on for him? I'm sort of, doesn't uh, feel like I think came. so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably a few concerns around Honeyman. Um, I, I didn't actually catch if there was any comments in the post-match about any issues for him. It might've just been precautionary. Um, and and it, 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 well, I was saying to you before the episode as well, it's, it's nice to be in a similar position to last year now where we've back to um, a game every week just about. So we've actually got a bit more time for players to, to rest up after the games, <clears throat> which is good. Um, and then the other one was Wilkes coming, coming on um, in his return from injury. Looked a bit, bit more trim, bit, bit more on it. Mm. I think there was a chance laid on for was it was it was it KLP or was it um, someone could have played Wilkes in potentially for a chance mm. um, towards the end, but didn't. I think it was Lewis Potter. I think going for his hat trick, but um, yeah, no complaints in the game. Got through reasonably unscathed. Got the three points against a relegation rival, and, and hopefully pretty clear of the um, drop zone now. Yeah, look, I think overall uh, an important game and an important win. Um, you know, I think in terms of performance, not much you can complain about. Interesting comments from uh, <laughs> Frankie Dent or whatever his name is. Yeah. Out and saying that we didn't create many chances. He, like, he's he's got the old there. script. He's got the, he's got the League One script in front of him. He's forgotten that <laughs> we're in the championship mean. now. I was because I was reading his article and they went through the stats and we had like 15 shots and 11 on target or something. Yeah. And they had like six shots and like two on target. And yeah. Like, he was trying to argue that it was a pretty even game, and I'm like, what? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, look, I think Wilkes' return. Um, look, I haven't been a big fan of Wilkes at this level, but he did. He came back and he looked much more like you know what we saw from him last season. Um, seemed, as you say, a bit a bit fitter, a bit trimmer, um, and a little bit more dynamic. He's looked quite like yeah, slow and apathetic towards some football at times this season so maybe that was just a case because i think he was injured in preseason was as well that's right yeah and then like Uh, and and we sort of questioned about whether he ever really got to full fitness so maybe that was just maybe that's just a case he never really quite got there and and now he's had you know a long break and, and, and built his fitness up properly and you know he could be very important in the in the run in i think it's another good you know another level of of uh competition for places within that forward line, which is always good. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, cons- considering how little options we had coming into this posh game, to get some back is great. Yeah, and I think he also, I mean, makes gives another option for something very different again as a number nine as well. We've yep. seen him play through the middle. So if Smith or Eves isn't working or whatever, you've got someone who's probably somewhere in the middle of those two players. He is quite, he's big and, and strong. Um, but quite technically gifted as well. So, and a little bit of speed when he when required. So, no, definitely. Um, you sort of get the whole spectrum there and across that. But um, yeah, looking forward to to the next next few weeks and the run in to safety. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Um, we'll talk that West Brom game in a second. Um, first of all, I'll grab your MVP votes for this game. Um, look, it's going to be hard to go past a two goal haul. Um, and you know, influential in through, throughout the game, and so I'm going to go three points to KLP. I'll give two points to 
Smith for nabbing his goal, which, you know, set us on our way. And I'll give one to um, to Regan Slater. I thought he actually was really, really good in what, you, as we said earlier, an unfamiliar position. Yeah, great, great challenge, Slater. And actually, I, I meant to bring him up before we went into the MVP votes. But yeah, playing at right wing back. I mean, hearing that in the lead up to the game, I thought, I uh, don't know about this. Is this Shotter sort of putting square pegs in round holes? Is this, you know, another case of trying to be a bit cute with the formation and it not really working? But he he was excellent there. And I think he's really making a name for himself as someone who can sort of like, in a way, I guess sort of like Irvine used to be for us where you could almost throw him on in just about any position and know that he, I, I don't want to say it as a disservice, you get like an 8 out of 10 performance consistently. Yeah. You're not going to, you might not necessarily get a 10 out of 10. And, and I think to be fair with Slater, sometimes you do, but you'll always get at least an 8 out of 10, mm. pretty much regardless of where you ask him to play. Yeah, and I think um, I think that's a credit to to him as an individual, as an athlete. You know, his 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 mindset towards like the the, the team and and the job that he has to do. He's not you know he's not concerned about you know playing in position X or you know scoring goals or whatever. He just wants mm. to help the team. Is is what it looks like, and you know that willingness is going to take him a long way. No, that's right. And yeah, look, similar votes for me. I, I went three votes for KLP <clears throat> for the two goals. I gave two votes to Slater for that performance. I thought he was fantastic at right wing back. Um, I gave one vote to Greaves as well. I thought he had a really terrific game at centre back as well. But it was one of those games you can't really fault anyone. I thought everyone was was really fantastic. 3-0 win, barely challenged in goal as well. So um, a really convincing display all around. Um, cool. Okay. Well, there's not a whole lot of off-field news to talk about this week, but I thought we'd throw some in just because we don't have a whole lot of games to review or preview. Um, and we did have an article during the week about our transfer activity in the off-season, um, sort of in line with what we've been hearing both in the build-up to the takeover and then in January about budget in, in the summer being quite big, transforming transforming us from having one of the smallest budgets in the league to challenging for the top six I will be interested to see what happens. I think it's very easy to say we're going to go from, you know, fighting relegation to fighting for promotion, but actually actioning it, you know, turning over the squad, bringing in the caliber of players that we need in one summer feels like a tall order. Um, The sort of discussion around we're going to have this budget for a striker, we're going to look for a Steph Curry sort, which I thought was a really funny sort of analogy as Azjuan is clearly a big basketball fan, but sort of talking about finding a striker who can have a high rate of conversion on his on his shots. Um, I guess he's a bit frustrated watching our games when you look at Force and Eves and others who don't score a lot of goals quite consistently. Um, but again, I think that's something that's a lot easier said than done. So I guess we'll see what happens. But what, what, what are your sort of thoughts overall heading into this summer in terms of where you see this squad at the moment and where you think we could end up at the end of the window in terms of actually managing to mount a challenge? Um, look, I think obviously the other the other uh, point in that equation is like the FFP stuff. Like how much can he actually spend before incurring the, the wrath of the FA essentially? Um, but Well, I, th- I think we're okay only because I, I, I don't know. It depends if... Depends if we make a loss this year, I think. But I think because it's tested over three years and we made profits the last couple of years with like yeah. all our player sales, I think technically this season's a free hit. So in the sense, we could spend like, we're not going to, but we could spend like 100 million, I think, 
and it would only be that in the third year we would then have to make a massive profit to basically come back to break even. So we're not going to do that, but I think we're essentially okay yeah, for this right. season. Um, I guess in answer to the question, I would be looking. It's probably much the same response I've probably had for the whole year, um, which is like that spine. I reckon. Yeah. You, I, honestly, with if you re-sign those that want to, uh, those that that you know uh, that show that they're keen to to stay, and probably uh, if you could, I mean, if you get Baxter on permanent deal i think that'd be one real good piece of business similar to how longman's went down if you got backs on a permanent that'd be sensational and probably wouldn't really cost us that much no um as a one of 18 keepers that chelsea's got out on loan or something ridiculous and i'll be um, interested as well especially with baxter because they're changing the rules on loan agreements and yeah. in fact i think they're trying to stop all those loan armies i do actually wonder if they might be a bit easier or more willing mm. to sell him yeah, it's going to be interesting um, with yeah those changes to those those rules about how many players you can have on loan and all that sort of stuff. So that will be interesting. Um, I mean, hopefully, it just makes it easier for us to acquire him uh, for not a lot of money because that would be that'd be good. I think otherwise, it's that same like a good, a real, I don't know, a nice, a good quality center half again. Yeah, you know, someone. You know, I don't, I don't even know who. I just think of, like, some of the guys that we've had. Like, even when we were in the Premier League, we had Renokia for half a season. Yeah. You know, and you're like, we've had some, you know, some quality guys that have, you know, he's now and now he's playing at Inter. Uh, is it Inter? I think. Yeah, he's still yeah, playing yeah. Inter, which I find yeah, remarkable. Like, like, he, he, like, couldn't get a look in. Yeah. He, they, he came to us. They signed Trent, Trent Sainsbury for six months or something. And then yeah, that's right. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, and then and then Renocchi went back, and then he pretty much like almost wa- went straight back into the in, or yeah. straight into the first team. I think the following season, and he's pretty much never looked back, which was. Um, well, but, well, maybe we maybe we can put a call into Stoke and get Harry Sutar once he's back from his ACL. We'll uh, bring him in. Look, I wouldn't necessarily oppose that, but I I think that still puts us in the same position of having young a lot yeah, of yeah. really good young like young centre-backs, but I think yeah. just a, a really good experienced head. Not doesn't like, I don't know, just someone who's got a couple of years. I reckon someone around that like 28 to 30 year old mark who's had, you know, a good like career, who's played a couple of hundred games or whatever eight years gets you up to, probably close to 300 or something if you played every game. Um, not what, almost, yeah, it'd be 350 or something, I guess. Um Someone who's played, you know, at a decent level. Um, who did I see recently that was um, that was a free agent? Used to was it West Ham? Uh, oh, Winston Reid. Oh sure. yeah, yeah. Who became a yeah, free agent? He? So uh, is he a free agent at the moment? I, I think so. He's a, I think he's a free agent, or he's out of contract or something at the in the yeah, summer. Right. Yeah, I was just um, having a look. So he he, he left. Um, he was at Brentford on loan last season, maybe, or it might have been the season before. Uh, played eleven games, and I don't, I don't think he's been at a club for the last twelve months. So that might, like, not that might answer the question, but not yeah. necessarily him. But like, I get your point. I'm just like yeah. trying to think of like trying to think of experienced centre backs who would be probably at the level that we could feasibly try and get. Like, we're not going to get, um, or, or even like a Craig Dawson who's at West Ham who's yeah. getting on a bit. 
but will probably want to play on. West Ham might look to upgrade him. Mm. Therefore, he might drop down a level. That's the sort of player where you say, you've got the Premier League experience, you're coming to the end, but you're there to mentor the the younger defenders. You're giving them that taste, that motivation to get up to the Premier League. And, you know, it's like Gary Cahill going to Bournemouth. Yeah, look, we I think, you know, we're not going to go and sign Laporte from Man City or anything like that, but like, I think... Hey, don't, getting... don't, set, any, don't set any ceilings. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? <laughs> Stranger things have happened. But um, I think... Like, yeah, if you can get, as, as you say, maybe someone who's getting towards maybe the end of their Premier League career or whatever, or the end of their career at a club in the lower half, maybe, of the, of the Premier League would be a good addition, I think, um, to, as you say, mentor and help some of these younger guys uh, like, to develop. You, you... You, you look at the, the, the promotion season, Bruce, we got Abdullah Fai and from West Ham. I mean, they were a bit lower down the table at that point, but they were still a Premier League club. He'd been at Stoke and other clubs in the Premier League. Played, I don't know, 15, 20 games for us, I think, maybe a bit more that season, but he was just there more for his experience. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. Look, I think what's been interesting this year is, or this season with Smallwood as, is at times you go... He's out of his depth. He's physically not at like, he doesn't physically have the like legs or whatever to make it at this level. But then also when he's missing, we go, boy, we missed him. Yeah. And so I kind of think like even someone in that, a, a, center, a new center defensive mid would not be, um, uh, would not be a bad acquisition. I know we've got Slater. I was, yeah, can, I was just going to say you could play who, Slater there. Yeah. Who goes in there. But, I kind of think the same, like, because Slater's on, what's Slate, 22? Or yeah. if, if he's even that, like, again, we've got really good young players. I think, like, just three, you know, striker, center mid, center back of experienced players who can mentor, you know, the, the guys around them. Because, like, again, you know, if, if you look at the forward line, if you can get a, a good center forward in there or a good forward who can go, like, you know, help KLP, help Tyler Smith, help uh, Wilkes, help Longman, then like that is going to be almost of more value than if you can just get someone who's going to score 20 goals. And that's and that's why I'm sort of curious about what we're going to do because we have such a young squad that I look at, for instance, like you're saying, so I look at our defence, you look at Greaves, you look at Jones, you look at, I guess if we sign Bernard on permanent, which is also what we're talking about potentially doing, you go, they're all young players, they're all developing. So you bring in someone theoretically who's better than them, who might be 28, 29, you're sort of replacing them, you're stunting their de- the development and you're not going to get a much, mm. you know, three, four years out of that player. Similar at the, at the other end with forwards, like you're saying, do you necessarily bring in, I don't know, like a, a Dwight Gale who's like 30 and you say, yeah, he'll produce at a championship level, but then you're not playing KLP as an example, like a, a hypothetical, yeah. but like, you know what I mean? Like you sort of yeah. say, well, yes, theoretically, it's a, it's a better option to bring in the Gale option, but then do you would you rather play a Tyler Smith and get 10 goals out of him and develop him? Like it's going to be really – and look, and, and at the end of the day, maybe you just have a bigger squad, you rotate, you get players mm. um, playing less games, but 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 – you know, you're managing the squad a bit better. So it'd be interesting to see kind of what direction we go. Yeah, look, and I guess like on the Bernard one, I can see why we would want to 
But I guess that's sort of the opportunity where you go, well, maybe you just go, he's done his job this year. He's got his experience. Everyone's benefited from this arrangement. But instead of just signing him again and having another, that's the the position you fill with a, with a more experienced yeah. one. I think he's um, definitely, of, of all of the loanees, he's definitely the one where I'd be like, great, if we sign him, cool, I'm happy. Mm. If we don't sign him, I'm not devastated. Getting Longman and Baxter to me is more important. Mm. Um, yeah, I have similar similar sentiments about um, about the current situation, but I think I think what's good is that oh, I guess we still do have quite a few out of contract, but the you know all the indications seem to be that they want to sort that out nice and early. So hopefully those conversations are taking place and we'll start getting some news sooner rather than later. Anyway, yeah, I'm hoping, especially with this win against Posh, I'm hoping that now that there's a bit more confidence about the fact that we'll stay up, maybe it will take another win or two, but maybe now that we've got that confidence, we'll start to see those re-signings because maybe from both sides, players and club, we're waiting to see where we'd be next mm. next season because I'm sure someone like Honeyman doesn't want to sign a, I don't know, four-year deal or something if that's going to mean next season is in, in the League One and doesn't know where he'll be after that. So knowing that we're going to stay up might help sway a lot of the players in in making a decision on contracts in front of them already. Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it, it's that security of future. And if we can get to a point where we know we're going to be in the championship again next year, that'll make that decision a lot easier for a lot of players, particularly, you know, yes, guys like Honeyman, KLP, who have, who were, you know, maybe, or KLP already on the verge, like on the verge of moving earlier, the, you know, in the uh, January window. So lots of talk about wanting to play at a high level. I think if we, you know, fell apart and got relegated i think he'd be looking to jump ship yeah. like at the yeah. first option and i wouldn't blame him for that yeah. um but so yeah i think you're right in that uh once we secure safety mathematically or otherwise then um that'll make it'll make things a lot uh clearer in that contractual negotiations department yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, speaking of players potentially leaving the club, um, we are on to our triple flashback feature of the week, and this does involve players who have previously left the club. The question for this week is, can you name the last three players who have left City and moved to Australia, to an Australian club? So so these are players who played for Hull City and then played for an Australian club with nothing in between. Um, so I think there's actually only three players. So... Um, the last three or, or all three. Um, see how you go. Look, I think I can. For once <laughs> in my life, I actually feel confident about this one. <laughs> um, it involves because, the A League, so it's sort of it's sort of um, yeah. Look, it's you know, it's a little bit closer to home and a little yeah. bit easier to um to think about. But I one is definitely uh, Robert Corran because he went to Mel- uh, Melbourne City, and I remember him signing, and it was just after I. would like I think a year or two maybe after I'd started following City. Yeah, it was just after the 13-14 season, I think. Yeah, yeah so I think it, w- it was quite quite close um, to the start of my relationship with him. So his name was actually very familiar to me at the time. Um, so that's definitely one. Um, the other two are names that have come, that I have come to know since uh, as Hull City players, did not know them that they were City players at the time of their City careers. One would be current, what's he, Perth Glory manager, Richard yeah, Garcia. Playing at the moment, actually, yeah. Richard Garcia, absolutely. Um, and the Which other, club did he move to? Do you know? 
Oh, did it's I, a sort of a trick question. I'm assuming he went to heart because he came yeah, earlier than. <laughs> I was going to say um, it's a trick question because it's yeah Melbourne City's previous name of Melbourne Heart. Yeah. Um, but he he's played for about four A League clubs, I think. Because what he played for, he played for Heart, then he went to Sydney FC, yeah. then he went to Glory. Did he, he finished off at of Glory? Was there somewhere else in between? Maybe, maybe not. Did he go back? Maybe, did he get? Did he go back to went, City at all? I yeah, think. maybe he went back What's to City. Mean? I don't know. He's in blue shirt a lot. Maybe that's. Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting confused. I don't know. But he played for yeah a couple. Um, and then the other one would be, uh, again one that I found out much later. But I do remember him from his time in the A League. Uh, Danny also. Yeah, spot on. Um, and, and of course went to Melbourne Victory uh, on two spells, which I um discovered today when I was looking him up. I forgot he came back for a season in um. 2011 2012 but yeah obviously from the uh, league one days with city uh linking up with um ben burgess i think it was um in our forward line but yeah he 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 of the three was the one that i also i knew from the a league first of all and then was like oh didn't realize he played for city but there you go and of course in our quiz with um to hull and back he was the player i had in my mind as the first aussie to play for hull but um for, for city but um, of course, wasn't actually the uh, the player in question. But uh, yeah, well done. That that's the three of them, all playing for Melbourne clubs. First of all, um, making the move. Um, Corin, I guess, was was sort of the impressive one because he 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 joined from the Premier League because we were mm. we'd stayed up that season. We just played in the FA Cup final. He was then released and and made his way across to Melbourne City. And I I really thought he was going to have a really good spell with City. Um, I think he just had a few injuries that sort of curtailed him, but. Um, Bit of, a, bit of a shame, but uh, I, went, I went to the first game of the season thinking I'd get to see him, but they had um, David Silva, not David Silva. Um, who, was, who was the player they signed? Who was that Spanish striker? Um, he used to be at Arsenal um, once upon a time. Um, yeah. Names got out of my head as well. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, I get to, and he played like eight games and then went to um, New York City. Yeah. Um, and I was like, cool, I get to watch you play, but I was actually much more keen to watch Robbie Corrin. But anyway, no, yeah, I can't remember the name now. It's going in my head. Um, Spanish striker. I'll, it'll come to me. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on. We'll, we'll talk West Brom, um, which actually will be the second time we've previewed West Brom. Um, Brad and I previewed it last week before I realized this was not a midweek game. I've just been so accustomed to um, midweek city fixtures the last month or so. Um, and it is against a familiar foe in Steve Bruce, so back-to-back weeks against former managers. Um, and I think they've lost, well, they, they have no wins in their last six or seven games, I think. I don't know if they've lost all of them. Um, I'd almost say he's in he's in trouble. It's a, it's a really weird situation because they've brought him in for to sort of fight back and get into the promotion places, and they're now sitting sort of mid-table um, where you almost say, well, you know, do you want him to be at the club next season, rebuilding, bringing in players, shaping the squad? Um, yeah, they're down in 13th now. They've only got two more wins than we do, which is pretty remarkable. Um, you almost say as West Brom, you know, do you do you sack him? Do you bring in a caretaker? Do you sort of sweep out the, the squad? Do you back him in? Do you say, you know, it's your squad to build for next season for promotion? It's it's a really weird sort of middle ground that they're stuck in at the moment. It's, you know, only early March. They only hired him 2nd of February. Um, but if you're not going to make the playoffs, 
do you want Steve Bruce as your long-term championship manager? I don't know. It's it's a bit of a weird one, but um, and I, I think their next two after us is like Huddersfield and Fulham as well. So there's a whole lot of pressure riding on them knocking us off. Um, how, how do you see it? How, how how do you rate our chances? Um, look, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, I think we'll have regained some confidence after um, after the win again on the weekend. So um, you know us. I wouldn't necessarily say riding high on confidence, but you know, certainly what the one win, but you know, regaining some confidence up against a team who must be devoid of of yeah. confidence, having, as you said, gone six or seven without a win. Um, so, I think, look, I think it's going to be one of the, like we've shown in in throughout the season in the league that if we turn up on like and we play to like. To, and we're turned on on the day we, we turn up and play that we can match it with anyone. Um, so I just I, don't know, I mean I think I'm, I'm hopeful I'm hopeful that we'll come out and we'll and we'll perform again and do the job. And it looks like I think it, as I was sort of alluding to earlier that you know perhaps that uh, teething period um, with the new manager is maybe over now and we're sort of hopefully now we've they've they've got the gist of what he's expected he's wrote he spent you know a lot of time rotating players and we seem to be starting to get closer to a more stable first 11 so perhaps he's figured out you know what each player is capable of and how they fit into within his own system so um i mean they're still dangerous i I would say i I would like to say that i'm confident um Mm. but i'm not like I don't know. I think we'll. I think. I think we'll get at least a point, it, and I'm hopeful it, it, for three. Yeah, it, it feels a bit to me like the Preston game, where I feel confident, but there's still a dangerous team to play against, and Preston, of course, then beat us. So it's a game, and, and weirdly, it's sort of like that mid-table side, which is a bit of a potentially it's a bit of a disservice to West Brom. I don't know. They sort of deserve to be called a mid-table side at the moment, but. Um, it's an interesting one because I don't know how we'll play, like whether we go for it because we say they're a weak opponent, they're sort of there for the taking, or if we say, well, they've just come out of the Premier League, they've got a pretty good squad of players, do we need to show them a bit more respect? Um, and I don't actually know which approach would work out better because I almost feel like if we play like we did against Fulham, for instance, if we sort of like load that midfield, we put Slater, Smallwood and Honeyman, if he's fit in that midfield, sit back, and just sort of wear them down. Um, well, sorry, I, I guess sort of like frustrate them. I, I almost actually feel like that works better because there's there's so much pressure on them to get a result, and there's so much sort of stress or or, or pressure on that squad that the longer it stays nil nil, the more I feel like we're a chance of then being able to break it open in the second half and really kind of pick them to pieces. Whereas if we go for it early and they get an early goal, that could change the whole dynamic. Yeah, um, I was just trying to think about. I thought the reverse was a one nil, and I was yeah, and I was afraid that I had thought of the wrong game or something. But no, so I th- it was that game where yeah, I was having a look. So it's yeah, Grant scored at about seventy minutes. So sort of similar to all our results around that time, where like we got the nil nil with Bournemouth and stuff like that, where we we were sort of it was those, it was that weird period where we were playing like well enough, but we were losing all our games. Where it was like mm. I don't know how to feel about our results. Yeah. Um, I think I don't know, like, because I, I would like then, 
I want I kind of want us to just go out and and play our game and 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 go at them and and see what we can mm. do and if you can and ho- and you know similar thing if you can cause you nab a goal yeah, in the first fifteen yeah. or twenty minutes you know they'll be rocking and I think with already having their confidence would be low um, and the same like in that new managerial you know teething phase for them uh, that perhaps perhaps we're better off. I, th- I think perhaps if we sit back and we try and load the midfield and, and just, you know, ride our luck and, and wa- uh, wear them down and then try and play on the counter, I think we're giving them maybe two, not that they don't deserve respect, but maybe more respect than they deserve at the, at the minute. When I think, I, I kind of tend to think that we should just go out sort of like we did from about 12, the 12th minute onwards against Posh and just like yeah. play some, play football and, and take them on and, um, Hope for the best. I mean, you know, the what do I reckon? The best, uh, best defense, the good offense. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And look, and that's if, totally. If we've got the ball, yeah. and they don't have it. So yeah, and look, and, and that's totally fair as well. Like, if we go out and, as you say, if we go out and get an early goal, then they're going to be completely shattered. Um, so that that's that that could totally work as well. Like that that's totally valid. Um, how how do you sort of see the lineup? I almost feel like this is really tough because even though, as you say, we're sort of getting this more settled lineup. Now that we have all these players back from injury, it sort of complicates things again because, you know, Slater's done so well at right wing back and Fleming at left wing back. So that well, that almost picks the forward line because you have KLP up top and Smith's just scored. Do you drop Smith after scoring for Eves or do you get Eves in there with Smith and put KLP, I don't know, where Honeyman was playing or something like that? Like I, I, if Honeyman's out injured, but like, I, I don't know, it's a really... It's, it's really difficult because you've got like 13 or 14 players to fit into 11. Yeah, look, I think um, I, I'd probably be inclined just to leave it as stable as we could. I think, you know, it's not like we have a short turnaround. There's not really any real reason to rotate. And I think we run the risk of perhaps just what's happened a few times is bringing, you know, those players back from injury and, and throwing them straight in as if they're the saviour almighty or whatever. And then having them, you know, get re-injured or, you know, before yep. they're really ready. And I think if you had Smith uh, start, if Eves and Sadamanesh are back and sat on the bench, you've got two really good options that you that that are quite different to each other again. And so you, you then can make the an actual tactical decision and go, okay, Smith is like tiring. We need someone who, or like whatever, this is not working. We need someone who can hold the ball up. Okay. Eves comes on or you go, or you need pace to run at them. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, you know, you got, we've got them on the back foot. We need to keep this momentum that, you know, Smith and KLP and um, that have, have created for us. So, you know, someone like Ali, 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 so yeah, yeah, um, would be the good would be could be a good option. So I think perhaps just that, just bring, just stack being able to stack our bench essentially might be the best option. Um, and then again, you know, they get that they might get a twenty or thirty minute run out, um, which is not too much on a on a return from injury. Yeah, um, and then look at you know if they have if they can make it have the impact that they we want them to, then you know maybe that's a next you know. Do you look at bringing them in from the start for the following whatever whatever's after West Brom? <laughs> would you um would you start Baxter in goal or would you stick with Ingram? Sort of, I guess similar like Ingram just kept a clean sheet. Maybe you just 
stick with him. Uh, we've got Birmingham yeah, look, the game I, after, so um, which will, could be that's an interesting going to be an interesting game. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel if you, I feel like if 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 you just threw Baxter back in again, I think Ingram's just going to go. What the hell do I have to do to? Yeah, because that would be twice in the one season where he's been performing well and been dropped for for Baxter. Um, and like, not even like it's one thing if like Ingram had got injured and then Baxter had come in and cemented his place, but I thought Ingram was doing fine. We just they just yeah. weren't. We just it was at that point where he was pulling off lots of really good saves. There's a couple of funky mis- little like mistakes, but nothing that was like that really like changed our games or like gave away like real bad goals that our defense like wasn't doing worse anyway. Some of the marking yeah. off set pieces, particularly, like, was not Ingram's fault. That you know, that's the dude. <sighs> that Sheffield United game, yeah. But um, you know, like he wasn't even injured. He just like they just threw Baxter in, and then Ingram never got a look in until Baxter was essentially until Baxter was sick and injured himself. Yeah. So I think if that happened again, I reckon you'd you'd probably almost end Ingram's City career. I think he'd just want to leave. That's a fair um, point. Yeah. You know, because he he rode the pine behind. Who was the other who we had? Uh, long, uh, long. Yeah, that's um, behind him. Got his chance last year. Played sensational. Started off the season really well. I thought was in very good form for essentially in a losing side for most of that, and then was dr- dropped, which then coincided with some wins. But I don't necessarily like. It, it's hard. We hard to say like we suddenly started winning because we changed the goalkeeper. Maybe a difficult question to answer then because it's just popped into my mind. Would you sell Ingram in the summer and rely on Cartwright as the number two behind Baxter? Given, I mean, we've only seen a game and a half out of Cartwright look pretty good. Maybe you don't necessarily want to rely on him for half a season if Baxter was injured again. But now that we sort of have potentially three keepers who are all reasonably good, would you would you look at selling Ingram if we if we got Baxter in? It's a tough question. <laughs> it is a tough question. I think at this stage, like if we're, we're looking to be pushing towards the top end of the championship, and I know, you know, we've got squad limits and, and whatnot, but Carrot's still young. He probably doesn't even really yeah, come yeah. into the, the those think, caps anyway. I think it's like 18 uh, or 19, yeah. Um, I think it would, I think it's probably a bit soon. I think if you really yeah. want to challenge and you need top play, you need like, you know, ex- top experienced players. And it's not that Cara doesn't look like a quality goalkeeper, but um, you run the risk, I guess, of, you know, at the moment, Ingram and Baxter for all of this season have been pushing, you know, because they're both so capable and, and quality, have been pushing each other essentially the whole time. And so I think that's one of the main reasons we've had such consistently good goalkeeping performances, apart from, you know, maybe one or two, you know, off days throughout the throughout the season. But I think for the most part, both goalkeepers have performed really, really well. I think part of that is that competition for places. They've both yeah. been, you know, pushing each other to, to perform at their best because they know if they have, you know, if it's a couple of off games in a row, they may very well find themselves, you know, on the bench again. So... Yeah, well, I no, think, I, I was just thinking because yeah. you, because of your comment about it would mm. end Ingram's career essentially if we dropped him for Baxter, which I think is a really fair comment. Um, it sort of kind of went into my mind. It's like, well, would that 
not not that not that I don't rate Ingram at all, but like, mm. would that be the worst thing if we sold him? But no, look, it's and I think it's a fair point. If we want to challenge for the top end of the division, you want two quality keepers. You don't want, like I sort of said, you wouldn't want to necessarily rely on Cartwright for half a season if it came to it. But mm. yeah, it's an interesting one to see how we we manage it in the summer because yeah, if Baxter comes in on a permanent, I'd assume he'd be coming in as the number one and Ingram would be number two. So whether he'd be happy to go back to that, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Um, yeah. Do you have do you have a score prediction for this game? Uh, I'm I'm just going to go confident. I'm going to go two one victory. Nice one. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll go one nil. I think. I think maybe like a KLP goal first half, and we can just sort of hang on, or an Eves goal maybe in the second half, and we can just sort of hang on to that gritty gritty one nil win. Um, would really set us up because, as you said, we've got that or as I said, but then you said it was an interesting game. We've got Birmingham the game after, um, which will be a pretty massive game when you look at the the state of the table. Um, how, how many, well, try and get a, put a number on it. How many more wins do you think before we can sort of breathe easy? It's real hard to say because it's not, I think it's not even it's necessarily not, yeah. our wins. It's it's that whole, like, we're playing Barnes a game. losses. Where, yeah, essentially. And, and Derby, think, yeah. Like, because I think currently, I think I said earlier, currently we're four, 14 clear, I think, at the moment of the drop zone. Yeah. And I think I said to you earlier today that, like, if we could get two wins where those bottom teams drop points. And I'll, pull the, ta- I'll pull the table up and, while we're talking. And move up to a 20-point buffer. I think that would be enough, you know, mathematically no, but I think just in a general sense, like, that would be enough. I can't see, you know, Peterborough Derby or Barnsley going on a, you know, seven-game unbeaten run to make up those points while also having yeah. us go without picking up any points in that time. So I think, honestly, probably two or three more wins. And I think, what is it? It's about 45 or something is the is normally a safe sort of a number yeah, anyway. So. 45 to 50, I think, mm. but that's in a normal season. And I think Barnsley, their points total is so low um for it for a for a normal season and Barnsley and Derby um as sort and of the size of out of it. Yeah, Derby sort of throws the table out a little bit because yeah. like a false in a false, false position. position. Yeah. They have... uh, What's that? Ten ten we yeah, talked they... about is like yeah, They've accrued More double, two points. Yeah, they've accrued double the amount of their deduction. Yeah, that's right. So, which is, which Bonkers. is wild and yeah. like. So that's, and that, and that's why you sort of go, oh well, they're they're down the bottom. Like we'll stay up, and you go, well, actually, the points that they need to gain per game, they're probably actually already doing. It's just that it doesn't look like it. Yeah, they because they would be ahead of us if. Yeah, be that's about right. 16th, I think, if if not for that points deduction. But you also um, have to think, so there's, what, 11 games left, so 33 points available, and they're 16 points behind us. Mm-hmm. So they would need to basically pick up more than half of the remaining points with us not picking up a single point, essentially. Yeah. So Because for every point that we pick up, like if we win a game, they have to win like two games or something yeah. like that. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So- 
it's I, th- I think we're pretty which is bonkers when you think that derby took six points off us you think if we mm. been if we did the double over derby we're not even considering it probably we'd be like, put <laughs> us be on 43 43 would be, 15 yeah, yeah. And 43 be... would be 20 points clear of Barnsley. We wouldn't even be thinking yeah. about it, but that's, that's, that's the situation. Um, yeah, probably and if two we or three Barnsley more as well, yeah, <laughs> even higher true. and true. even that's more true. safe, but yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, I, I probably agree. Three, three or four more games. I, I, I was sort of looking at it earlier today about mathematical safety. And I think that's still a while off, but we're going to get to theoretical safety probably, yeah, if we get to 45 points, I think, like you said, 45 points, it's what, two and a bit wins, I think would just about do it. Um, well, I think that just about does us. So so thanks for joining me for, on this one, Dan. No worries. Every time I come on, I make them go quite long. I really I, got I to find a way to can, yeah. uh, speak more concisely. I was going to say, I thought this was going to be a really quick one, but I think it was that transfer talk. We ended up talking for quite a bit for that, and it's actually actually ended up being quite a long episode. But uh, that was a good one, so thank you for joining me. And um, thank you, everyone, for listening in to another episode of um, the Tigers Down Under. If you like what you're listening to, do hit like, subscribe to the channel, share the videos around, leave us a comment what you think about the season so far on the, on the win against Peterborough as well. Um, but otherwise, join us back here next week for another episode. So until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group, or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out.